Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Heard that you are the MC of the banquet, so we know that we are in for a great time. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to, got a lesson here this evening. I'm going to call your attention to the book of John, chapter number 4, and we're going to read verses 10 through 15. All right, here we go. Jesus answered and said unto her, I think we all realize this is from the visit at the well in Samaria, the Samaritan woman, and uh, they've got a conversation going. Jesus answered and said unto her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that saith to you, give me to drink, you would ask of him and he would have given me living water. The woman said unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Brother, uh, Brother Je- oh, I'm sorry, go to verse 15. Yeah. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And the uh, title of this lesson tonight is The Gift and the Giver. And, uh, brother, if you were here Sunday, brother Jeff spoke on the uh, on the gift, and uh, so I'm uh, I'm going to. Of course, it's Christmas season, so we kind of have to, right? We kind of have to throw the gift thing out there a little bit. How many of you are looking forward to receiving a Christmas gift on right on Christmas morning? Nobody. I am. I could show you the photo of last year and. Ridiculous. I, I was buried in Christmas gifts. But it is, uh, it's really, uh, how many of you have attended a Christmas concert or choir through the public schools recently? It's really a sad thing that they no longer allow the Christmas story to be told in public schools. I mean, they just don't do it. They don't even, they don't even sing Christmas songs. Call it a winter concert, and you know they—it's uh, really—it's really sad. But when I, when I, I, I believe that when we think about this, though, and as I was, I was reminded, it's not the public school's responsibility, okay, to keep Christmas alive in America. We we should know better, right? That ain't gonna happen. The responsibility of keeping the Christmas story alive is the responsibility of mom and dad 
and it's the responsibility of the church. We keep the story alive because it is alive. And some of my favorite scriptures are connected with the Christmas story. For instance, Luke 137. The angel Gabriel visits Mary, says, hey, Mary, something extraordinary is going to happen in your life. And, uh, of course, she questioned how this could be. But Luke 137, for with God nothing shall be impossible. That's connected to the Christmas story. For with God nothing, 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 nothing shall be impossible. Verse number 38, uh, Gabriel re, he, you know, reiterated that uh, message to her. And uh, then Mary says these words, and these words are so very powerful, we need to take them into our own lives. She says, be it unto me according to thy word. What powerful statements those are. Those are part of the Christmas story. And then I love chapter number two of Luke where the birth isn't announced in the palace. It's not announced, you know, at the local TV stations or the high society, but it is announced to some country shepherds. Gotta love it. Good old country boys out there shepherding. That's where the message first came. And uh, then the incredible story of the wise men saying, we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. It is believed they traveled a distance of somewhere between 400 and 700 miles, which would have taken up to a few months. And it was slow, either walking or camel, whatever. But boy, how many of you ever walked 400 miles? to get to a particular place? Probably not. They seen a star. They, God spoke to them through that. He said they, they came to a, an awareness and a realization that that star was the place where they needed to be. So they traveled four, seven hundred miles, several months. Matthew 29 or chapter number 2, verses 9 through 11 says, The star went before them until it stood over where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they came into the house, we don't know how, what the age of the child Jesus was at this point, but it says that when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, they fell down and they worshipped him. And then, the Bible says, then they opened their treasures. Then they opened their treasures. I love the Christmas story. It's powerful. It's not just, you know, as they portray uh, just, uh, you know, a manger scene. No, no, no. It's, it's powerful. All things are possible with God. Be it according to your word, Lord. Amen. And they worshiped him. They opened their treasures. They presented to him 
their gifts of gold. Imagine that. They traveled all that way. They had gold. How much gold, I wonder, that they had? I wonder what the purity of the gold was that they had. How much? And then frankincense and myrrh. The opening of our treasures. Isn't that what really what Christmas is all about? Isn't that what we want to give to God? We want to give Him the treasures of our heart, don't we? Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, for where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Our greatest gift to God is our heart. It is our heart. But I wanted to begin this evening by asking a question, and that is, those of us that are here tonight, what is one of the most meaningful Christmas gifts? Now, if you can't remember, it's not very meaningful. But what is one of the most meaningful Christmas gifts that you ever received? Come on, any takers? Because I got one. You know I'd have it. Brother Kelly. Christmas. Sure. Sister Denise? And a Christmas stocking. Does that mean he was pretty small? Anyone else? Sister Janelle? What? What was it now? <laughs> Years ago, right when we were neighbors, we had a Chandra and Autumn had a kitten named. We had lots of kittens, right? But they had one they named her Chandra. Any anyone else? Come on. Nothing. All right, Sister Courtney. All right. But a, but any uh, any there, Brother Cliff. All right. Well, let me let me share a, a little story with you. Years 1977. Kathleen and I have been married 15 months, and uh, we've just purchased our first home in Pasco. She's a whopping 19. I'm 23. Our neighbors 
next door, Alan and Becky Seaman. And Becky would make the most delicious zucchini bread, fresh, warm. She'd run that thing over. We would only hop, skip, and jump away. But something even better than that zucchini bread. 1977, Christmas fell on a Sunday. And uh, Alan Seaman brought over to me before we even left the church. He brought over and gave me the Strong's Exhaustive, can't even pronounce it, Concordance of the Bible. Now, at the time, huh? Yeah, yeah. A Christmas gift from Becky and Alan, 1977. Now, how the, the value of a gift, see, really is, right, what it is, of course, but how long does it stay with you? This is in my office. I guarantee you that I use it every time that I do a lesson. Every time. Because if you were ever going to be a Bible student, really, I like to believe that, you know, you need one of these and you need a parallel Bible. And between the two, you will, if you're a student, okay, you will be absolutely amazed at how this word comes alive. But see, Strong's uh, uh, this the man that wrote this spent thirty-five years. But it has got, understand? It has got. I'm talking about the gift and the giver. This has got every single word of the Bible, every word of the Bible, and it has reference to every scripture that the word is found, and it'll, it'll go to the Greek and the Hebrew meaning of the word. Took the man 35 years put that thing together. You see, the, and the value of this gift is you can, right, I mean, our neighbor, we're young, I mean, we're just making friends in the neighborhood, and Kathleen's nine, she's still a teenager for pity's sakes. And this is, it is so, it came on Christmas from a neighbor, and see, a gift. Now, we're all going to get gifts this year. You're going to grow out of them. They're going to break. You're going to get tired of them. But this, it will last as long as I last. And it is useful. You see, I use it 
How many of you, how many of you still use a gift that you were given 10 years ago? There we go, see? So you have some gifts that were, were meaningful. And I wanted to, I just wanted to share that with you because I, I really kind of forgot about it because I, I just use it all the time. But I never forgot where it came from and I never forgot that it was a Christmas gift, but I did forget that it was actually on Christmas Day that he gave it to me. You can Google 1977, Christmas fell on a Sunday. But see, the really the value of a gift is based on how much you use it. Jesus met the Samaritan lady at the well. He asked her for a drink. Listen carefully. Jesus answered and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is talking to you, that you would ask me for a drink and I would have given you living water. That who would ever drink of the water I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Wow. You see, the word gift from this 1977 edition, that word gift comes from a Greek word, kaudal. It's the same word used throughout the book of Acts, Brother Chris. Here's what it means. Now, we think, you know, a gift, how much value does it bring to your life? What does it do for you? What can it do for you? What's the potential that it can do for you? Imagine if you're standing at the well and Jesus said, if you only, he said, if you only knew who it was that, was that wants to give you the gift, you would ask me. And I would give you a gift. You see, the word gift here, it means to make large, to advance, to bring up, to exceed. It means excellent. It means to make great, to increase, to lift up, to magnify, to nourish, to promote. How many of you got a gift that can do that? Sure, we do, Brother Cliff. Right. You see, Jesus said, if you only knew who it was that was standing here by you, and if you knew who I was, then you would ask of me, ask of me, I would give you a gift that would carry through all of your life and has such value that it would go on through into eternity. That's a gift I want. That's the gift that I want. You see, because that word gift there, I mean, see, Jesus wants us, he wants us to advance. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to exceed. He wants us, wants us to be excellent. 
He wants to make something of our lives that is far greater than we can ever imagine. And he, being the giver, has the gift that can do it. He said, oh, my goodness, if only you knew the giver and the magnitude of the gift. He says, it would be like a well of water springing up, springing up. What does that mean? Springing up. It has its, it, of, it comes from its own power. It has eternal en- energy, continually fresh and full of vitality. That's the gift. The same word that the Bible talks about in Acts 2.38. The same word. The gift of the Holy Ghost. It is all inclusive of everything. That, that The definition of that word, it's, it's far, there's more meaning to that than, than, what, we, than what we know. So, this Christmas, what, what gift are we going to give? What are we going to give? It's going to be like them wise men that opened up the treasure, opened up their heart, and they gave God the best that they could. And because we, I think we all, uh, we all know, we all understand. His gift is priceless. His gift surpasses, I mean, Brother Kelly, 500 bucks? When a guy needs 500 bucks, that's a pretty good gift, right? That's a pretty good gift to to give somebody when they need 500 bucks. But the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of God that he put into our lives, we have no greater gift in the world than what he gave us. And it is able to do everything that I read there. He said, lady, I'm telling you, if you only knew, if you only knew, if you only knew who I was, you could ask of me anything and I would give it to you. But the best gift of all is that living water that comes from within your heart and your soul. The value of the gift, well, how long will it last? But really, as I was reminiscing a little bit, it's what's it connected to and how often do you use it? How often do you use it? How many of you, do you remember anything that you got last year? How often do you use it? Use it every day? Use some, is it something you look at? You ever, not so much anymore, but it used to be, you'd get one of those big, big Bibles. You remember those days? get one of those gigantic Bibles and you'd put it on your coffee table, right? And 
but you never read that thing on the coffee table. It's a small one. It was just, you know, it was just kind of there. But, uh, yeah, we those used to be, those used to be tough coffees. But really, uh, the gift, the real, the real down-to-earth gift that God gave us is right here. How, how valuable is it? How often do we use it? How often do we use it? How many of you got more than five Bibles in your hand? Sure. How many of you got more than ten? I don't know how many we got, honestly. Got a lot of them. Got a lot of them, and seems like I'm always buying another one. Right? But there are a couple of them, one, two, three, three of them, that they're, you know, they're pretty special. I mean, they're, they're well-worn. But the gift that we give, if it isn't from our heart, doesn't carry a lot of meaning. Toys, right? Toys, I don't know. If you're the receiver and you're a kid, and you get a nice toy, yeah, you're all in, right? But how many, I, I've got a multitude of cards that I saved that come from kids. How many, how many of you have a special card that came from one of your kids, your grandkids, right? You have a hard time throwing them away, don't you? Yeah. Why? Because they got they're meaningful. Because they're meaningful. I have, I, I have, I don't have a tithing. I have the envelope of Cooper and Devin. I'm not sure about Danica. Their very first tithing envelope that they gave. I think it was like 10 cents or a nickel. I've got them. But unless, but unless it comes from the heart, unless it comes from the heart, unless we give God the treasures from our heart, really don't want to give him anything else. We don't want to give him anything else. The gift and the giver. Are you thankful that God gave you the greatest gift that could possibly be given. Don't you want to give him something? You want to give him? I want to give him the very best that I got for as long as I got. Amen. All right. That's all, folks. Let's stand. My gift to you, Brother Kelly. My gift to you. My gift to you. See now, <clears throat> Brother Jeff was supposed to talk on this, but he he uh, he's got a little cough, and the last time he he did it anyway, and it didn't work well, right? It didn't go over well. So anyway.
All right, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, we are going to have a time. Can't wait to see what they got, I think. I think I want to see it. <laughs>